Insights into the elements of process safety, the only process safety podcast where each week industry professionals discuss their hands-on experiences and industry-tested solutions of the 14 PSM elements. Brought to you by Smith & Burgess, the trusted process safety advisor to the world's leading companies. Hello, this is Catherine Colbert with Smith & Burgess. In this podcast, I will be talking about the contractor's element of process safety management. There are multiple types of contractors on any given site at any given time. Some of them are covered by the contractor portion of the PSM standard, and some of them are not. Let's look at the different types of contractors you might encounter. The first type is those that do not perform work at your site. They provide services such as delivery drivers, food service, or janitorial staff. These contractors are required to follow site rules and regulations, such as wearing appropriate PPE. However, this section of the PSM standard does not apply to them. For instance, when I was on site, we had a uniform service. The representative was on site regularly to exchange the dirty and clean uniforms. However, he was there on a limited schedule and he was not performing work. He did not need to have any specialized training. He was required, however, to have the general yearly contractor training to gain unescorted access to the site and he was always required to wear his FRC, safety glasses, work boots, and hard hat when he entered a process area. The second type of contractors is full-time employees who are embedded in your facility. As a general rule, full-time contractors are to be treated as an employee, with all the same trainings and disclosures as required in the PSM standard and expected of company employees. The only exception is trade secrets. There are limitations as to what secrets are necessary to reveal to contract employees. I was pleasantly surprised when I went to a drilling site last year and was unable to tell the difference between the company employees and the contract employees. They all worked together and all shared information to make the process run smoothly and safely, and there was no us-against-them mentality, as I've seen in other facilities. The third type of contractors is specialty workers who are brought in to assist with maintenance turnarounds, major renovations, or specialty work, such as confined space entry. These contractors are who the PSM rule was intended for. The PSM standard breaks down responsibilities into two sections, one outlining owner-operator responsibilities and the other outlining contract employer responsibilities. Essentially, the owner-operator is responsible for notifying the contract firm of any known hazards, including fire, explosion, or toxic releases that are related to the contractor's work and the process where the contractor will be working. The employer must also review the emergency action plan as it relates to the contractor and the work that will be performed. And of course, safe work practices need to be implemented to control the entry and exit of contractors into a process area. You need to know where everyone is on your site. All of these items tie in with other aspects of the PSM regulation. Remember, each section does not operate in a bubble. Each paragraph of the standard affects every other section. When choosing a contractor, it is advised that the owner-operator analyzes the safety performance programs and processes of the potential contract firm. Before the contract is awarded is the best time to review and make a smart decision about which contract uh, contract firms to use. If the owner-operator has a commitment to a safe work environment, it will make a difference who it brings on site. The owner-operator will be better served with a contract company who shares that culture of safe work practices. And while on site, it is necessary for the owner-operator to keep an injury and illness log of all contract personnel, although hopefully, if you choose the right contractor, there won't be a very long log. The contract employer also has responsibilities within this section. The contract employer 
must make sure the contract employees are trained properly to be able to safely perform his or her work. If any specialized training is required, for example, in-depth knowledge of lockout-tagout because they're doing work on an electrical system, it is the responsibility of the contract employer to provide that. If you are a contract worker, do not assume that any training will be provided by your client. The client is expecting that you will come in with the knowledge, skills, and abilities to perform the work correctly and safely. If you are a contract employee and you do not understand what you're supposed to be doing, please stop work and ask your supervisor. Before a contract employee starts working, the contract employer is responsible for passing along all of the information it has received from the owner-operator, including the safe work practices, emergency response information, and hazards information. The contract employer is also responsible for making sure the contract employees follow all safe work practices. Although really, isn't that everyone's job to make sure everyone is working safely? Thank you for listening to this process safety management podcast. This is Catherine Colbert with Smith & Burgess. Thank you for listening to Smith & Burgess's Insights into the Elements of Process Safety. Visit smithburgess.com for more process safety white papers, case studies, presentations, and of course, podcast episodes.